This is Mark, and I'm here with my wife, Shauna. We're going to be playing a game of Henchman Hardcore coming up probably in the next, probably next weekend or the weekend after that, as soon as I get the models that she's going to use painted up. Shauna, why don't you say, say hello? Hello. She's very nervous and does not want to do this show right now, and I basically sat down next to her on the couch and just hit the record button and started talking, so we'll we'll see how this goes, so... I'm trying to live the geek dream here and get my wife into gaming and maybe give some tips for all you guys out there to maybe get your your significant other involved in gaming. Um, we've played board games in the past. Um, she's a big fan of the Euro type games, um, which I am as well. Not really much into the like Ameritrash type board games where you're basically just moving a dude around on a grid and rolling dice over and over again. What's your favorite board game so far? The one with the windmills. <laughs> uh, I forgot what that one's called, but it's a game with a rondelle where you're setting up windmills and, um, oh man, this is going to drive me crazy. I forgot what the name of that one is. And you also like Castles of Burgundy, right? Yes. Why do you like Castles of Burgundy? Is that the one with, um, oh, what is that one? Uh, where you roll the, Again. you roll the dice and depending on what you roll, you can do different things like buy, buy, um, buy cargo, buy stock or, um, build up your countryside and put your castles and stuff out and you, you, um, does that ring a bell at all? No. Well, it's one you like. <laughs> so, so, um, tell me, are you are you um, looking forward at all to playing to our game of Malifaux coming up? Um, maybe. <laughs> I'm interested to see what this Malifaux stuff is all about. Yep, she's, she's but had... I'm not really into fighting games, so we shall see how. This one goes. Yeah, I've told her that the the Malifaux tends to be a game that guys can get their wives into because while there you can't really play a game without fighting, you can definitely have it be a very backseat foc focused, like playing something like Colette or Nelly or um, something like that. So we're starting off with Henchman Hardcore, and she picked Jesse Holiday to be her leader so I'll paint up some stuff for her to use and um, I imagine at first it'll probably be like when we play me making the, li the list of models for you to use and then you just probably playing that for a while yeah 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 as you get to learn the what the models do and stuff not make it overly complicated and honestly like I'll, I'll take a game of henchman hardcore over nothing any day so is that because I'm playing with a henchman and not a master? Yes. Oh. Yep. Yep. I've learned something. Yep. So <laughs> you can play a full-blown game of Malifaux leading with a henchman, which they're they're not as strong as a master, but they get other bonuses for the fact that they're not a master, which I kind of had this revelation myself recently, where if you play with a henchman, you get an effigy that you can put the grow upgrade into an emissary for only two points. So you basically have this 10-point monster running around the board for only two for only two points, which is insane. I, I don't know why that never clicked to me before that you could do that. So you imagine a game led by Carver bringing Insidious Manuses 
stitch togethers and some sorrows and bring in the effigy and turn him into an emissary turn three for only two points, it's absolutely insane. So yeah, I know that you have absolutely no idea what I just said. That's for the people that are listening that... that... Yeah, I um, have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, get, it, you'll get there. It'll be, it'll be a slow grow and then watch eventually. So playing games with my wife has been an interesting journey. So I've played game... I had never really played games until we got married. And we went to a games workshop store and just kind of randomly in Anaheim before Games Workshop shut all of the bunkers down. And we were just looking at the stuff, and she was like, oh, you should do this, which she probably regrets ever saying that. But um, then we started playing board games, and I never win a game, like, ever, which is... (laughs) (laughs) Except the one where you have to go from island to island. Oh. And I forgot what that one's called. Bora Bora. Yes. And I sold I actually sold that one. Oh, no. uh, yeah, well, since you didn't since you didn't like it, I I just sold it. So, which was difficult cuz it's Stefan Feld and I love his stuff, but I I sold that game. Um, cuz yeah, I mean it wasn't really that good. It, the setup took so long. It was so really long. hard to get from the one island to the other island to get the abilities that that island gave you in or, and then have to go back to another island to get those abilities. Yeah, that game was that just island. mean. The game was just, like, really mean. It was very, like, conflict-heavy, which, you know, there's going to be a lot of conflict in, in Malifaux. Like I said, you can't you can't play a game where there's not some sort, of, some sort of fight, but it kind of... The deciding when to fight and when not and when to avoid it and when to just engage somebody in combat so that they can't go and do their other stuff is is very important. That's actually, when, when I play with Dane... He's extremely aggressive, like extremely aggressive, and I don't. And I'm usually not. I kind of will, will just. I, when we first started playing, I would just kind of hide in my table corner and wait for him to come to me, which didn't work very well. <laughs> and so now I'm. It's kind of more even now, where I've actually been extremely aggressive and trying to put him on the defense, and just trying to control board position by engaging things in combat, but not actually trying to trying to kill things. Um, Actually, he may not even really be that aggressive. He might just be normal, and I'm so under-aggressive that it seems extremely aggressive to me. I don't know. Uh, Well, now we have to go figure out what that windmill game is because we played that one so many times, and we both forgot the name of it. Well, let's go down to the basement. We'll find out. So we're podcasting in our house as we walk down the the stairs here. and my favorite game is the second edition of A Study in Emerald. Because um, it just it just checks all the boxes for me. It has deck building, it has Cthulhu, it has just everything. Uh, let's see here. Here's, where is... Oh, and I really like Bruges. That game was really cool. I have Notre Dame here that we still need to play. Um... Altiplano. Oh, and Orléans. That's a really good game. Is it this one? Oh, yeah. Zealand. S-E-E-L-A-N-D. That's right. That's the game that she likes. That one works really good with two players. We've had this interesting journey with being board gamers and trying to find games that work well with two people because um, boxes lie a lot and say that that two people can play it. And 
usually like technically you can, but it's garbage. Like trying to play Clue with two people just doesn't really work very well. And some didn't work so well with a lot more people. Like that one that took like five hours with your whole family. Oh yeah, we played Caverna with like five or six of us and it was like five hours later we weren't even through the first turn, so. And it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, so I actually ended up selling that game just because it wasn't, it just wasn't fun to play. Um, does that ring a bell now? She took out the box for Castles of Burgundy and is looking at it now. Does that look familiar now? Yes. Yeah. I totally forgot what this one was about, but I do remember us playing a game named Castles of Burgundy a lot. So. Oh, it's, it's a great game. And also, we have um, Discworld and the Wit and the Witches on here. And, oh, Lewis and Clark. That was a really that's a really fun game too. I really like that one a lot. Um, I like racing games and I like area control games, um, which aren't necessarily always good for two people. Um, I like. I think that during the pandemic, they're coming out with a lot more two-player games. I'm looking at Imhotep and Targi and Seven Wonders: The Duel that are on my shelf. That I don't. I don't think we've played those yet. And then Caverna Cave versus Cave we got, and that's pretty good. That really. Um, oh, New Haven. Yeah, we played that one. You liked that one too. That's very much a. She likes games where like they're, um, like, tile like tile laying type of things. Yeah, and she's just really good at strategery, as our former leader would say. Um, oh yeah, and Gold West. We ha I haven't even looked at these games in a long time. So, anyway, so back to Malifaux and and things of that nature. So I'll give it uh, give it a go here. Try to get my uh, wife into these things and see what see what happens. Um, so. Well, um, I'm also curious to know what, um, uh, nothing like walking down to the basement and finding a big old cat turd at the bottom of the stairs, and it doesn't appear as though I stepped on it, so it was probably a dingleberry that came loose. Um, yeah. Looks pretty fresh, too. All right. So my next question is going to be the hobby aspect of things um you know obviously when it comes to miniature war games what drew me to it initially was the idea of, of painting i would buy warhammer models warhammer fantasy and warhammer 40k were my gateway drug like most people's but it wasn't from the context of playing it was all about the art and hobby aspect of it it wasn't until later that I really, it wasn't really until I moved to North Dakota that I started actually like focusing on playing. So and my wife is a really good artist, so I'm curious to see what she would do. Yeah, she's giving me a funny face, but yeah, she's much better at art than I am. So what about, what about painting models? Do you think that'd be, ever be something you'd be interested in just trying? Um, they're so small, I don't know. How I would do that? Maybe I'll set her up with some contrast paint sometime, and and uh, now the now the cat's trying to throw up. These guys just don't want us to do a show. Um, we will get some models together and uh, prime them and 
let her get some contrast paints, which are probably similar in theory to what we've usually done, how you have to paint like light to dark because they're more like, um, they're more like watercolors. What do you think about that? And would you give that a try? I could try. I just feel like I'm better at using bigger brushes than most brushes. <laughs> <laughs> and on a canvas, not on little tiny men. <laughs> yep, so we'll give it a try. So we're going to do a game of Henchman Hardcore. She's going to play Jessie Holliday. Um, was there a particular reason why you liked her? I just thought that she looked like a very um, plain Jane. In a way. Yeah, more of a normal looking human being. And, um, I don't know, I guess I just thought that it would be interesting to see what this person who looks very plain compared to all the other ones I was, um, seeing in the, on your phone when you're scrolling through. I was just wondering, um, what things she has to show for herself as a plain Jane looking person versus the other people who look like they had all these other interesting abilities. I don't know. I don't even know really why I was into picking a plain Jane looking person, but um, I kind of just liked how she's just like in her overalls with a big old weapon. Yep. <laughs> like a rogue, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is an inside joke there. Maybe I'll explain sometime. So, the, um, um, like, in, ha ha, here I am. Yeah, in the, in the fluff, she's a treasure hunter. So, oh, hey, there you go. Yeah. I'm into making jewelry, so that kind of makes sense. The guy, the guy that's, that has the horse, Lucas, the, the one that you said looked like the guy, the, um, little person from Elf. Mm -hmm. That he, they're, I don't, <sighs> He has a thing for her. I don't know if it's really mutual, but... In, oh, in, in, interesting. Yeah, because she works... She shares a keyword with him, so... And the keyword system I'll explain to you sometime, but... Um, yeah, so... And then I think for her crew, she's gonna... I'm gonna give her a Rough Rider, maybe a Huckster, and a... Um, I forgot what the other thing was. And then I'm, I might play Corvus Rook. I don't know. Um, the the problem is is so Neverborn is my main faction and all the Neverborn henchmen are super super mean and I'm trying to not play that play that game to to start so I'm going out of my comfort zone a little bit with explorers being more normal people um, so but we're probably not going to do the main pool because I don't like Vendetta I think Vendetta is stupid so in this this game. There's the the strategy. So every game has the strategy, which is what both people are trying to accomplish to get points. And then there are, there's a pool of schemes that you usually pick from that you keep secret from your opponent, and you're trying to accomplish those goals to get points. And Henchman Hardcore is usually kind of set, but we might I might just do a little more of a customization thing to that to make it more interesting and make it more fun. So probably wrap it up there. Do you have any anything else you want to say? Happy 4th of July. Oh, yeah, it's 4th of July. There's a bunch of noise outside waking our baby up and scaring our cats, so. Yep, our baby's first 4th of July, and we're a little nervous about all the fireworks that people keep um, 
firing off over here because we live in an area where you can get fireworks and fire them off. And our baby wakes up pretty easily. So we have the white noise machine going, hoping that he won't wake up through all of this. Yeah, he screamed a couple times, so we'll see. He seems to not like really loud noises right now, so. Yeah, we moved to North Dakota from California and we're, um, fireworks are extremely illegal there because it's so dry. I mean, idiot, those big fires that went on like, I don't know, 10 years ago were started by some idiot throwing his cigarette out of his car. So it's so dry there, things are illegal. We moved to North Dakota and fireworks are technically illegal in Fargo, but nobody cares. People here do what they want. Yeah, and there's so many police officers, you know, going around in California in every little city that if you were to fire them off, you would definitely get caught. Here, there's police officers that they say that you'll get in trouble, but I haven't heard of anybody getting in trouble in our yeah, neighborhood. It, yeah, they say that they're going to crack down on it. I doubt it. This is North, yeah. Just look at the, not to get to political, but look at how North Dakota handled the, the pandemic. And it's, it's just a big joke. Um, nobody here wants to be told what to do, so... Yeah, well, we're from a state that they always tell you what to do, so. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Well, and our cat's about to throw up, so we'll... <laughs> he's hacking up a hairball in the kitchen, so... All right. I think it's a ragdoll issue. Yeah. So Too much for... We have thunder floofs. All right, so I'll sign out there. Thanks for listening.